Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. It is week five, and it is episode 32. As always, I'm Pupo. I'm Miles. I'm Isaac. I'm Rob. We got a lot of great stories, so let's jump right into it. So, I'm sure what's on everyone's mind is the polar vortex from Wednesday. What did you guys do instead? Uh, well, a bunch of people from my house and I, we all, uh, you know, put shorts and a t-shirt on as if it was a nice day outside and just went out and hung out in the snow. And it was, uh, pretty cold, but you kind of stop noticing when, like, your whole body is like a little popsicle. I put on my beach attire, like my swimsuit, my button-down shirt, some sunglasses, a beach towel, and went out and tanned. Actually, I just took pics for about 30 seconds and then got too cold and came back in. But... I spent most of my day inside, hunkered down, so. We did the boiling water trick where we boiled some water and then we threw it outside and it turned into snow. And I went to Bartlett. <laughs> so you did the most treacherous thing of all of us that, on that day. If you've happened to scroll by the UChicago meme page or open your email in the past week, you might have noticed that Wednesday classes were canceled as well as Thursday morning. The school hasn't done that since 2014. It was a 100-degree turnaround today. With yeah, wind chill on Wednesday, it was negative 50. When we're recording this right now, it was 50 degrees, like, in the positives. So, loving it. So one of the uh, unforeseen consequences of the polar vortex was actually pipes bursting in a number of buildings on campus. Because when the weather drops, the pipes start to freeze. And if that happens, then they have the chance of uh, blowing up and, and flooding things. So pipes burst in Kathy Dining Hall, Eckert Research Center, the Kirsten Physics Teaching Center, and also the Billings Hospital building, uh, as well as a UChicago office building that's on uh, 60th. I sure uh, saw the, uh, the pipe bursts on Snapchat in Kathy. Everyone was standing outside and just videotaping it in awe. Yeah, they actually evacuated the whole dining hall uh, because of the pipe bursting. The room did talk to a representative of the Chicago Fire Department. Apparently this is actually not that uncommon uh, across the city. Um, people have been reporting pipes bursting because of the cold weather. So although the students were encouraged to stay inside all day, what about the security guards? Um, security officers were actually also removed from their posts with the cold weather. The university has specific policies um, for security guards in the cold, namely when temperatures fall below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, security guards are provided with a patrol car um, and have 10-minute warming breaks. When temperatures fall below 15 degrees Fahrenheit, the number of security posts are actually reduced and additional personnel is deployed to allow security guards to get warm. And at temperatures below 5 degrees, posts are reduced further and officers switch their posts every hour with one officer warming up inside and another standing post. And finally, if temperatures and or wind chill drop below negative 15 degrees, then um, all outdoor post coverage is uh, suspended, which is what happened when the polar vortex was in town. So on to a warmer topic, the Maroon recently published its housing issue, which discusses off-campus housing, on-campus housing, and the different aspects of that. You can pick up an issue now. Where? Anywhere you normally pick up your copy of the Maroon. That would be the dining hall, the libraries, various establishments around Hyde Park. Uh, make sure you pick up a copy. It's really pretty, and it's actually the first issue uh, where we're using the new, newly designed paper, which we talked about last week. So, Miles, like, here's the, there's a new Mac Properties Tower. Yeah, you, you would be right. Uh, there's a new 27-story high-rise that uh, Mac Properties is developing on uh, 53rd and Cornell. For reference, that's just down the street from the main 53rd Street commercial corridor. Mac Properties has actually been doing a lot of developing around Hyde Park. 
Last spring, they opened Solstice on the Park, which you may have seen. It's uh, on East 56th Street, just above Jackson Park. And they also opened in 2016 City Hyde Park, which is the uh, building that has the Whole Foods in it on 51st. Some members of the community have been actually pretty upset about this construction because they say that the uh, contractors building the building have been uh, making a lot of noise and disrupting the neighborhood around the uh, site of the building. One major issue discussed on the Maroons housing issue is that the university is trying to help faculty buy housing off campus. Isaac, I believe you also have this story. Yeah, so as Chicago's mayoral candidates debate issues of affordable housing in the run-up to February's elections, UChicago has found its own approach to tackling the issue. Since 2003, the university's employer-assisted housing program, EAHP, operated by the Office of Civic Engagement, has aided university employees in buying homes in several Southside neighborhoods. Nine neighborhoods uh, fall within the EAHP domain, such as Hyde Park, North and South Kenwood, Woodlawn, Douglas, Grand Boulevard, uh, the Greater Grand Crossing neighborhood, Oakland, South Shore, and Washington Park. Any full-time, benefits-eligible employee of UChicago can apply for an interest-free, forgivable loan between $2,500 and $10,000 to count towards a down payment on a home in any of these communities. In addition to the final component, the program also provides homeownership counseling to participants. Certain neighborhoods, though, carry more restrictive conditions. Prospective buyers in Hyde Park or South Kenwood must be first-time homeowners, making no more than 120% of the area median income. While any homeowner outside the nine neighborhoods is welcome to apply if looking to buy outside Hyde Park with no income restrictions. Homeowners within those neighborhoods are only eligible for a loan to buy in Woodlawn. A 2016 Forbes article lists the various benefits of homeownership, citing studies by the Boston Federal Reserve to prove that children of homeowners tend to do better in school and have higher incomes later in life. Home sales also create jobs with the local community by stimulating demand for people like movers and remodelers. Affordable housing will only become more important in the near future as construction begins on the Obama Presidential Center. The real estate site Zillow estimates the property values in Woodlawn increasing by more than 15% between May of 2017 and May of 2018 and will likely continue to rise as anticipation for the Obama Center increases. Spread by the $500 million project, 63rd Street will soon be redeveloped as a commercial corridor. For many Woodlawn residents, new homeowners are a sign of renewed investment and engagement with their community. So yeah, go stimulate the housing market. As we are constantly reminded every time we walk by that Frank Lloyd Wright house near Semcoop, you can't have housing without architecture. Miles, I believe you have more on that for us. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so Jean Gang and her design studio called Studio Gang, uh, which designed the Campus North Residential Commons as well as City Hyde Park, is uh, one of the five finalists for the design of the new terminal that's going to be going up at O'Hare. Uh, you can go and vote on this uh, at a website that the city is operating, and the decision on which design they're going to take is going to be made uh, later on this year. So finally, we have a story we're continuing from last week. Rob, I believe you have a story on that. Yeah, so 84 faculty and staff members sent a letter to administrators asking the university to further investigate the firing of lab school's teacher, Daniel Bobo Jones. Um, the lab school director noted that Bobo Jones was fired for violating a FERPA regulation and falsifying a grade, but the lack of transparency associated with his termination incited faculty and rep to write this letter demanding answers. 
All right, pod heads. That's all we have for you this week for episode 32. Music is provided for the weekly by Aaron Senden, Kenny Talbot-LaVega, and Andrew Dietz. Thank you to Ben Kent and the entire Logan Cage staff for letting us use their equipment. And thank you to Isaac for also letting us use his audio equipment this week. As always, I'm Miles. I'm Isaac. I'm Rob. And I'm Pupo. And this is the Maroon Weekly. See you later, pod heads.